Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. I say this at least once a week. I wish you guys could be here during the commercial breaks. <laughs> we might not be here the next day if that happened. But <laughs> <laughs> but hey, then. guess what? Zubin just came in. Red light going are we going to sleep early or just coming in late? Sometimes, um, sometimes it's, it's both. Matter. It's both, brother. It's both. <laughs> Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. <laughs> College football chatter with Heather Dinich, our playoff insider, coming up in 15 minutes. She'll be on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. It's a big one because the first playoff rankings have come out. If you were ranking the top teams in the NFL, sure, some people like Key in the real rankings might have Kansas City at top. But if you're a Pittsburgh fan, the Steelers certainly would merit some consideration. As you well know, they're the league's lone undefeated team. They're 10-0. and They got the Ravens tomorrow night in the third of three Thanksgiving games for all of us sports fans to watch. You might recall not too long ago, Mike Tomlin was trying to tell everybody, listen, we are seriously Seriously, not overlooking the Jacksonville Jaguars. This isn't the Big Ten in the MAC. This is the National Football League. Next thing you know, it's 27 3. Mike Tomlin going right back at it. The stump speech 10 0 against the fading Ravens, but you'd never know it from Mike T. You know, we're desperate too. Uh, we're all desperate to win this week. Uh, I'd imagine they view us in the same way, or I'd imagine it would behoove them to do so. That's our attitude each and every week. We respect everyone and respect the level of desperation that everyone has and the urgency that everyone has and we step into the stadium ready to match it. So those are the words of Mike Tomlin. Key, Jay, you're in a point now where they're undefeated. There have been many other teams that have hit the 13-0 mark and said the goal is winning the Super Bowl, resting starters, we've clinched the one seed. Clearly, at this point, Kansas City is breathing down Pittsburgh's neck. It's just a one-game difference between the two. So that is to sort of at least initially factor in to how Mike Tomlin's going to treat here the next six games. And that's the beauty about it in, in terms of the NFL kind of getting it right, the way that they changed the format. Now, right. all the way, Pittsburgh has to finish. They can't afford to have a hiccup anywhere along the lines if they want the number one seed. Now, in any traditional year outside the truncated year that yes, favorite word. <laughs> that we're going through right now with the season, the number one seed obviously would be majorly important. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know how important it is. It, you would like to have it, but how important it is right now. Because in certain stadiums, there's zero fans. In right. certain stadiums, very minimum fan base. So you still would like to play at home because of the environment. You're used to certain things. Lack the lights, travel. the Lack of travel, the lights in the stadium, the colors in the stadium. Believe it or not, that stuff is big hmm. for certain athletes. And so he knows the importance of it. And I've always said it from day one. If Pittsburgh has a chance to go undefeated within reason of not screwing something up, they're going to do it. Because you got a Hall of Fame quarterback that would like to try to do some things that others haven't. And you got a head coach that would like to prove some things that others haven't. It just feels like every time I hear Mike Tomlin talk, you know, usually key when you hear a coach talk, it's uh, somewhat demure or it's like, hey, we're planning, it's strategic. Mike Tomlin sounds like a player. <laughs> like he sounds like one of us in a locker room. Like you feel it's like one of those motivational, I'm always angry, I always have something to prove. And I just, it, it feels like it has me ready to run through a wall. And key, you said it, playing for something. Like regardless of whether – you know, there's advantages that come along with being number one overall seed. Having something to play for and get your team behind, that's what you need. And that's what the Steelers have in their head coach. You know what's so funny is that 
Um, I don't know how I don't know if you know Mike Tomlin or not. I ever met him or anything, but he coached with me down at Tampa. He was our defensive back coach, and uh, what you see at the podium is what you're going to see at the dinner table tomorrow night when he has dinner with his family. Everything is like kind of sort of intense to a degree. Mm. Uh, I didn't play defensive back. I played wide receiver. And Coach T would have conversations on the side. Boy, I'd be like, you're not coaching me right now. I don't play your position, but everything is just like you see it. Everything is just that. And so it's important to him to send that message to his team to know that we are not letting up on the Ravens. We got something ahead of us, and we need to tackle that. I mean, they may have not played a game, though. I mean, considering what, what's happening with the Ravens and all the COVID reports that we're having coming out of their camp, it could be, it could be fascinating. No question. You got Ingram on the shelf. You got J.K. Dobbins on the shelf. You're probably not going to have Brandon Williams for the second straight game. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. Um, let me ask you this. Take me inside the mind of a player. Tony Dungy, who has been on the show a couple of different times, the Hall of Fame coach, he had an opportunity for perfection, opted against it. The Denver Broncos got out to a 13-0 and start a little over 20 years ago. That was stymied, although they were probably going for it. As a player, understanding there is a long-term goal in mind. We saw the Pats go 16-0 and in the regular season. As a player, understanding one goal comes before the other, 16-0 and first possible Super Bowl, is there something about you that says... Do you know the list of people that have participated in an undefeated regular season? Yes, the final goal is a Lombardi. But if we can get there with those 72 Dolphins that were perfect, those Pats, is there something there inside the mind of a player that says, I know there's an ultimate goal, but man, this would be so special, Coach, if we could do this? Well, I would say within reason, right? It depends on what your head coach's mindset is on top of what's going on around the team. Do we need to rest the team? Who's hurt? Who's nicked up? Who's banged up? Uh, is our second-string quarterback Mason Rudolph, uh, Duck Hodges, are they capable of winning that 15th, 16th game for us and we can rest up Ben? It, will it hurt us if if Kansas City all of a sudden loses another game or 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 two more games and wind up being in another situation where we got two to three games up on them, maybe we rest our guys, and then if we get it, we get it. But the fact that we're in this pandemic and this season is the way it is, we've got to continue to move forward. It's all different circumstances. I go back to the New England Patriots when they decided to go for 16-0. and I was at the game when they went undefeated and they hung whatever they hung up on the Giants. Jays, Giants. Yeah, I was at that game. Thanks, I was there in the stands, <laughs> in, in, in the stands watching the game. Their mission was different. They were out to prove to people that they were not in a spy gate, deflate gate, cheating scandals, that we could do it regardless. And they proved to everybody that they were not doing those sort of things by going 16 and 0, even though people thought that they had to cheat to win. So every situation is a little different. I mean, that's just what it is. Records were on the line. You know, Moss 20-something touchdowns, Tom Brady. I mean, it was just a different situation. And I think for Pittsburgh, like I said, you got a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, I'm sure he would like to go 16-0. and And I'm sure Coach Tomlin would like to go 16-0 and within reason as long as everybody can stay healthy. I mean, depending upon what happens to the Chiefs, you're exactly right. You know, it becomes down to the wire. Your last two games were against the Colts. And then the Browns. I mean, the Colts have that formidable defense. And, you know, the Browns are going to have to pound it out. And, you know, Bud Dupree and company have to do their thing with that defensive line to stop the running game of Cleveland.
Okay, here it is interesting when you start hearing coaches, right? Because one of the things I learned from Coach K, and we, we never went undefeated, but we did win a chip, is that you, you, you try to get your players lost in each game at a time, the game within the game, possessions in the game. And I do feel like ultimately the one thing that we just talked about Mike Tomlin being so good at motivating his players, it does feel like this team wants to prove something different. Now, whether that leads to, because this is situational, right, them being 15-0 and 0, if this game gets canceled, it's one thing. But ultimately you do feel like they're playing for something I know this is a cachet that we say bigger than themselves, though, right? Doesn't it feel like there's something to prove with the Steelers? They, the whole year, everybody in all the ranking, the Chiefs are better. All the, it just feels like they're underrated, even though they're undefeated. Well, their style is underrated. It's the style. When you have, it's almost like anything, right? You got one car, I got another car. We get into the same place. Your car may be shinier and nicer and than mine, but I got four wheels. I'm still getting there, right? I mean, I'm still getting there. And, and so that's how you look at it when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers is that they're driving a big old Buick and Jay Will, you know, he's driving one of them fancy Lamborghinis with the doors up. But guess what? We both going to end up at the restaurant. You might get there five minutes before me, but we both going to end up at the same place. That's why you think about it that way. Evan, thank you for correcting me. I'm wearing the dude jacket, and I meant to say cliche, but I say cliche. I just let it. I let you it. You let it go off yeah, the Pluto. I I but, you know, even... Evan likes to send jabs from the, you know, that's no, cool. I, I respect it. You know I what? said the same thing in my mind. I got I cliche, said he, and I, I was a cliche. I said now, the same thing. I'm not right. worried about the guy from Duke. I think he's smart enough to know that I meant to he say botched cliche. the word. We yeah. all do it here and there. Thank Indeed, you. no problem. And Somebody my... on Twitter will remind you, though. Trust me. Just look at your timeline here soon. Indeed, they're a sponsor. Yes. Way to tie that together. <laughs> well done. Well done. My Civic is going to roll up next to your Lambo and we'll be at the same place at the same time. And look at how much more money you paid for that ride. Think about that. <laughs> yeah, right. Think about that. That's just what it is. I'm I'm pulling. I'm I'm excited for Mike Tito. He gets to a third chance to get to his third Super Bowl, you know, because even two years ago, there was a lot of questions about what type of coach was he. There were people out there that were talking about he's nothing but a rah-rah guy. He's not even a coach. It's just crazy. But I'm glad to see that he is doing what he's doing. And his quarterback said, I want multiple more Lombardis. I got multiples. I want multiple more. Still to come, why the most interesting decision last night by the college football playoff committee is squarely on who they put in 14th place. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I think this year for the committee, it's the hardest season they've had uh, trying to evaluate all these teams. Number 14, BYU, undefeated, sitting there behind three two-loss teams. Hot take radio guys, I can't believe they're number 14 or whatever. It's definitely a challenge. We knew that coming in. You're evaluating teams that have played three games against teams that have played eight or nine games, but uh, uh, we embraced the, uh, the chaos.
Oh, yes. Chaos is a good word. The playoff rankings are out. Not too much chaos, at least last night. Maybe chaos at the end, which is what makes college football so great. If there's such a thing as chalk, last night provided it in the top four are the words of Jesse Palmer, Heather Dinich, and the committee chairman, Gary Barta. You heard there. Heather's going to join us here in just one minute on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Before that, fellas, just a couple of fun, quirky little notes. The initial number one. The number one team in the number one rankings has never won the playoffs. Obviously, that team is Alabama at the moment. The initial number two has won it all. The initial number two has won the whole thing each of the last four years. That would bode well for Notre Dame looking for their first championship since Tony Rice and company key in 1988. So with that being said, do you honestly think that Notre Dame could beat Alabama. Uh, no, I don't. No. <laughs> do, do you honestly think Ohio State could beat Alabama? No, I don't actually. Okay, so fair enough. And it, just uh, that's changing this year, right? The initial number three, which is Clemson, has never made the CFP. Obviously, that doesn't seem like that's going to be the case either, unless Notre Dame can spring another surprise on December nineteenth, if that is indeed the ACC title game. By the way, most importantly, Keith Trojans are eighteenth. And uh, Reese told me last night that if it did go down to the top 120, <laughs> instead of if it was the top 25 show, if it was the top 120, Duke and Rutgers would sneak in. So that, that's, that's fair. It's okay. College basketball starts today. We're okay. We're ready to go. Let's head to the Shell Penzo performance line. Let's bring in Heather Dinich. Heather, it's great to have you here this morning. Simply put, when you think about everything you saw last night, your initial reaction to the ranking since you are the ESPN college football playoff reporter. Well, I think it's a combination of how far BYU sank with that undefeated record all the way down to 14. And that's interesting because not only are they completely out of the college football playoff conversation, they're not even in the New Year's Six Bowl picture at 14. And that's because that typically goes to the teams in the top 12. Now, the Cougars can obviously move up. There's still a lot of time left. But to be that far down in the initial ranking, I think that was quite a statement by the selection committee about the Cougars' weak strength of schedule. And then the second part is, wow, how about the SEC love? I mean, I I expected Alabama at number one. You expect Texas A&M and Florida where they are. But two loss Georgia sitting there at number nine, um, to me, that was a big surprise as well. Yeah, it it was a surprise to me. But I, I expect that, obviously, the SEC has been dominating the rankings of late anyway. Let me ask you this. So the top four teams... Who has the chance to be knocked out? I think of the top four, it's Notre Dame. And I heard you guys chatting about that before. I just think it's so hard to beat a team twice in the same season. And with Trevor Lawrence back in the lineup, that ACC championship game. I mean, look, I don't know if Notre Dame's going to win at North Carolina on Friday, to be quite <laughs> honest. So I think of the four teams, the, the Irish is in the most jeopardy. Yeah, that's what I said, Heather. You got to watch out for Mac Brown and the Fighting Tar Heels. Heather, if you're BYU, I mean, how important is it? Granted, there's still a lot of time, right? But how important is it to try to, if you have another free weekend due to COVID, to try to maybe schedule a non-conference game to show the committee that, hey, we are for real and we can play against the big boys? 
Well, it's extremely important, and I know for multiple weeks now, their athletic director, Tom Holmo, has been trying to do that, and they have made it very clear that they're willing to play anybody, anytime, and what happened with the Pac-12, I mean, you saw Washington is now playing Utah, and that's why it's hard to schedule a non-conference game right now against the Pac-12, because if you're BYU and say, okay, we'll go ahead and play Washington, but another Pac-12 team comes available by Thursday of game week, that team gets precedence. And so if you're BYU and you're practicing and preparing and bought flights and are ready to go to Washington to play that game, and then you get bumped in favor of a conference game, that's difficult. That's a tricky commitment to make if you're BYU or any other non-conference game. So yes, BYU needs to schedule up, but I don't know, guys, who they can schedule outside of the Pac-12 who's really going to give them a significant bump. It has to be a top group of five team. And if you're Cincinnati, you probably don't want or need to play that game right now. Yeah, I don't think Cincinnati wants to screw their resume up by playing BYU they lose that game, then they're probably going to be taken out of consideration uh, for the playoff spot. Let me ask you this, though, Heather. We've been batting around in the room here this morning. Alabama. Alabama's the number one team in the country. There's nothing – I mean, you can't say enough about Alabama, but we're not talking about them nationally nearly as much as we are Clemson, Notre Dame, Florida. Why is that? It's probably because there's no drama around them, and it, you you nailed it. I mean, Alabama is probably at least a touchdown better than any other team in the country, and they've been dominating everyone that they've played, and I don't think you can necessarily say that about two, three, and certainly four. We saw some weaknesses and flaws in Ohio State in that win against Indiana, and I think every other team you can you can poke holes in. I'm not finding any holes in Alabama this year, guys. Yeah. Heather, we wish you a happy Thanksgiving coming up tomorrow, but we have one important question that we're asking all of our guests today, and that is, are you a pumpkin pie person or a sweet potato pie person? Oh, is there a thing that's sweet potato pie? Oh, (laughs) my goodness. (laughs) Heather did it. What is going on? Well, I just won $50. I'm going to send you some sweet potato pie. I won 50 bucks. What is happening right now? I won 50 bucks. I'm good. Not top four. Not top four, man. No sweet potato pie in my top four. No. What's your, what's your top four? Us. You got to tell me your top four now. Well, you start with a you start with the turkey. Obviously, that's number one. And then I say I say stuffing, filling, whatever you want to call it, okay. right? All right? And then the mashed potatoes, absolutely number three. And what do you have for dessert? The pumpkin pie. Oh. The pumpkin pie with with the Cool Whip, the Cool Whip on. Oh. And you thought Bill Hancock had a hard job. I got to sit here with these fellas. Heather, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Heather. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving. I thought Jeez. I was going to have to go solo cream. the rest of the way here. Oh. <laughs> Pumpkin pie with Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Yeah.
Anyone? What do we have? What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what time is it? We got time. And then to she break. hit me with the mashed potatoes. I'm like, I'm cool with that, but I really ain't. I mean, I might just that might be a spoon. Bam. Yeah, that's just quick. That's uh, top four. No, nah, it's not a top four. So you guys uh, simply need to come to an agreement that Heather Dinich's Thanksgiving needs. They need a fresh look. A fresh look brought to you by Sport Clips, which I may or may not have visited yesterday. Now with On Deck, text alert, Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Right now, it's not good to be BYU. You heard what Heather said. They're yes. 14th. They're 9-0. and They've blown out everybody they have played. Very important distinction that Heather mentioned, and she glossed over because we asked her so many things, and she's great. She answers everything we ask. But they need to get into the top 12, which obviously is possible. They need to get into the top 12 as a group of five, so outside of the Power Five conferences, to merit New Year's Six consideration. That's important. They're close, right? They're at 14. They just need a couple teams above them to lose, and maybe they vault in. Here's the only problem they have if they can't schedule another game. They have one game left on December 12th. Think about this, fellas. Yeah, they play San Diego State. Yeah, they play a very good group of five team out of the Mountain West, San Diego State, but that's December 12th. Today, fellas, is... The day before Thanksgiving, it is November 25th. Think about how long you have to stay in the mind of the committee. Every other team stays in the mind of the committee by winning games and moving up. We are not going to hear or see BYU in weeks. Again, they just need to move up a couple spots. The playoff obviously seems out of contention for them, but the New Year's Six would be gigantic for Kalani Sataki, their head coach. That is huge, but... They only have one game left to do it if they can't manage another. And by the way, Cincinnati's in pole position because they're very much inside that top 12. They sit at seven. And and I respect BYU and what they've been able to accomplish this year. No question about it. Uh, they beat up on my Trojans a, a couple years ago. They they took them to the woodshed up in, up in uh, Utah. But what I would say is they're not one of the top teams in college football because they – the they're not. They can't beat those other teams. They can't beat Florida. They can't beat those schools. They can, they just can't. They can't beat Texas A and M. You know, if they want to go to a January first bowl game, I get it. New Year's Six. That's that's cool. You can go play one of the teams that struggled and got in the New Year's Six bowl. That's good. But as far as trying to get to the college football playoff, I just don't see where they. Where they're at with that. Now, let me ask you this, Jay, because Key used the operative word here, January, and obviously Key jump in on this as well. Back on January 29th, which feels like 30 years ago at this point, but back on January 29th, BYU released its initial schedule. Keep in mind, BYU, as an independent, has to schedule games, and when games get called off and nobody wants to go non-conference anymore, they had to scramble. You heard Heather Tom Homo, their athletic director, if I'm not mistaken, Key, the former Cal coach. So he knows. He's a football guy. He wants to make sure his fellas can play. Just here's some of the games that they were scheduled to play, fellas, but could not play, and now obviously have a schedule that they had to cobble together at the last second. If they had run the table here, just tell me what you think. If they had run the table here, the traditional game, they call it the Holy War at Utah, off because they can't play anybody in the Pac-12. Next game, Michigan State, off because the Big Ten is not going non-conference. Next game at Arizona State, can't play it because it's Pac-12. Next game at Minnesota, can't play it because it's Big Ten. And then their last game of the season was supposed to be this coming weekend, actually, at Stanford. So you got Utah, Michigan State, Arizona State, Minnesota, Missouri, and Stanford all off the schedule. They're all dogs, too. Bad teams. Those are, and Any team on that that you just named got a winning record? I mean, I think ASU is a pretty good team of the six. I understand Michigan State's rebuilding. Mizzou's not much. Stanford's struggling. Yeah, but I can't. But I can't give you 
the benefit of the doubt beating Arizona State. Arizona State's not at the level. You know, they're just not at the level. When you look at Minnesota, Stanford, I mean, like better than the teams they've beaten, though. I, yeah, in terms it, of it, cash, no, I think it, they would have gotten more still, respect. They probably got mm-hmm. more. They probably got I, a little I, more respect. But as far as pushing them into that conversation of the top four, no. But See, a little I, more I, respect I, gets you to twelve, and that's, I don't, what yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think BYU is arguing to be in the college football playoffs. I think what they're steamed about is just not the ultimate respect, right? Top ten in total offense and defense. If you look at what happened last night, they have actually had them six positions worse than the standing in the national polls. And look, man, they've been beating teams by average of 33 points, right? Like it's, it, I think it's just a fact that they feel disrespected at 14. Like they should be a top 12 team in the country. They probably should be. They should be a top 12 no, and, team. Like, and, they pro- and they probably will get there after they, after they take care of business against San Diego State. They which, probably get pushed into there, Z. Which always makes you think, Key, like when we, when the CFB committee gets together and they do these polls, like how much of it is just for polarizing sake? Like, hey, I don't know. here's some things that we're going to do just to kind of throw a little twist in there to see what see what the response is going to be tomorrow. Last word I would just say to Jay's point there, there's a reason there's five power conference teams and four slots in the playoffs. There you go. It's ultimate chaos every single year, especially if the SEC gets two and all that stuff happens. We're going to talk to a Super Bowl champion right after we roll through SportsCenter. On the college football tip, you heard us talking about it all morning. Alabama number one in the initial college football playoff rankings. Notre Dame number two, Clemson three, Ohio State four, Texas A&M just on the outside looking in at five. By virtue of their head-to-head win against Florida, the Gators are sixth. Highest ranked group of five teams, Cincinnati coming up at seven. Joey Galloway will be here at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. You saw him on the special last night. Bogdan Bogdanovich, four years, $72 million. He's a member of the Atlanta Hawks. Sacramento declines to match. Bobby Marks, our front office insider, said of all the Eastern Conference teams, the Hawks won the offseason. You don't hear that often. College basketball's back. Jay Sport, the 2K Empire Classic, tipping off tonight on ESPN, Arizona State and Rhode Island, 7 Eastern. Villanova and Boston College at 930 Eastern. For those of you waiting for the Champions Classic with Duke, Michigan State, Kentucky, and Kansas, that will be held next Tuesday. And Sport Center is brought to you by Sport Clips. Remember being at Sport Clips, waiting for that great MVP haircut experience. How about making that wait time even shorter? Now with on-deck text alerts, get a 15-minute heads up when it's time to head in and another text alert when you're next in line. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. <laughs> the Ravens and the Steelers is the best rivalry game in the NFL. We're familiar with them. They're familiar with us. That's what makes the series such a challenging one. We really hate it. That's the blood between the teams. It's like God versus the devil. The Ravens season just got a whole lot harder. Let's focus. Keep our head up. Like people want us to be. The Steelers are 10 and 0. AFC North. It's prime time. Thanksgiving. It's got all the makings of a typical Steelers-Ravens matchup. Those last words, of course, the words of Big Ben. Huge things on the line for both. For Baltimore, it's essentially trying to save their season. For Pittsburgh. It's perfection. Let's bring in Ryan Clark, the former Steeler, the Super Bowl champion, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Ryan, happy early Thanksgiving. First things first, we were discussing, this sounds crazy, but when you're thinking about the long-term goal, you'll understand the premise of this question, Ryan. How important is it, in light of what they're trying to do in February in Tampa, how important is it to try to go undefeated if that's not really the biggest goal in front of them? 
Well, I think you want to win every game that you play, and you want to win every game that you play that matters. And so if the Kansas City Chiefs go 15-1, and going 16-0 and is really important. The one thing about Mike Tomlin, though, he's a historian. He understands that historically going 16-0 and would be a huge accomplishment, and on the other side of it would mean absolutely nothing if you don't win the whole thing. So the way I see it, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to attempt to get that number one overall seed because we have to remember that's the only buy going into the 2020 playoffs. And so if they have to win every single game to get there, I'm absolutely sure that that's going to be important to them. But I think if they clinch, if they have an opportunity to rest some guys, if they have an opportunity to maybe let Big Ben sit a little bit, that'll be a conversation that Coach Tomlin has because he understands that the main goal is winning Lombardi's, especially when you're with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let me ask you this, Ryan. Every time I watch you or hear you or even around you and we have conversations about teams that potentially can be what you would deem as a rival of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you always take the Steelers' side because you are a true man of Pittsburgh. But how concerned are you that the Ravens may miss the playoffs? I'm really concerned. Um, I think that the the schedule gets a little favorable as you get out. Uh, on in the season after the Steelers where they can win some games. Obviously, they're still in the fight, but now they go to five losses, and you have to look at some of the teams, the Tennessee Titans that just beat them, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, the Cleveland Browns, some of these teams who have an easier road to get into the playoffs because of less losses at this time. And also, you got to see where this team is going. They aren't trending upwards. Look at three of the last four games, the offense not playing well and also losing stalwarts on the defensive fronts that has actually made this team soft. And so if you're the Baltimore Ravens, you go out, you lose this game to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think you are in trouble. And I think that you are actually trending toward not making the playoffs. And no matter what anybody says, if that happens, they're going to look to make big changes. And I'm not saying at the quarterback position, but they are going to realize that this team as constructed and the way that it's run can't win a championship and things are going to have to change. Are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ryan, with Patrick Mahomes coming to town, are they going to make the playoffs? I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I don't know. When you you look at this team, they'll probably play better against the Kansas City Chiefs than they had, uh, than they played against the Rams, than we've seen them play against the Bears or the Saints, because Kansas City doesn't really create the type of pressure that you could put on Tom Brady that we've seen uh, him kind of subside under. But this team is struggling. Uh, This team has no chemistry. They have no cohesion. They have no relationship between the head coach and the quarterback. And I think that's why Bruce Arians talks through the media to Tom Brady so often. And so when you look at this team from what they were supposed to be, everybody thought to themselves, you know what? You plug Brady into Jameis Winston's position. You get all the explosion of the 5,000 yards passing we saw last year with none of the mistakes. And that hasn't been it. And they're under immense pressure. I think Tom Brady is under more pressure this year than he ever was with the New England Patriots. And at times we've seen him wilt. And so this team, I believe Kansas City beats them. I believe that puts them in a tough position, especially to me in the NFC that at least at the top um, from a, a cluster standpoint, from a number of teams standpoint, is deeper than the AFC. RC, though, everybody keeps talking about Tampa Bay's offense and Tom Brady. I know they dominate headlines, but what's up with their defense? Wasn't this supposed to be the best defense in the NFC? Well, for the season, I said the Saints would be the best defense in the NFC. I'm starting to look very correct. Uh, on the <laughs> other side of it, though, 
Tampa Bay, <laughs> Tampa Bay has had some dominant outings, but they haven't been consistently dominant throughout the season. This secondary, that's a young secondary, hasn't continued to get better. They haven't, they haven't continued to grow together. And also, when you think about this linebacking core that to me is one of the more talented linebacking cores where you think of Devin White and Levante David in the league. They haven't made the impact plays that we saw them make early on in the season in these latter games. And so I think it's a huge concern for Todd Bowles and this team not being able to put pressure on Jared Goff, uh, even though he was forced into two interceptions that were all on him. And so when you think about the reason people thought that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be great because you thought you'd have instant offense without turnovers and you thought you'd have a top-level elite defense. And at times and at spurts, we've seen both of those things, but we haven't seen them consistently. We certainly haven't seen them constantly. And this defense not stepping up and being great and kind of getting this offense over the hump on bad days is a large part to why they've lost four games. Take me to the NFC North, the Chicago Bears, uh, one of the best defenses there is in the National Football League, but obviously their offense struggling. Trubisky or Foles, what do you do if you're Matt Nagy? You know, I think if Mitchell Trubisky is healthy, you go back to Mitchell Trubisky. It at least, it at least lies to the people and says you're trying. It at least lies to the people and say, you know what, I put my ego aside, I put my pride aside, I made a mistake. And it's not Mitchell Trubisky that's the problem, but I'm the problem. I need to coach better. I need to do better. Now, do head coaches normally do that? No, not the bad ones. And what Matt Nagy has showed us is he's probably a bad one. But for me, that I go. I try to use his athleticism to create some plays. I change my philosophy on how I want to coach football, which is why I needed Nick Foles so bad. But I've learned either I can't coach or Nick Foles can't play. Either way, he shouldn't be the starting quarterback of this team, and Matt Nagy should understand that. I probably know the answer to this question, but real quick, Ryan, pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie? Sweet potato pie. Who eats pumpkin pie? Didn't Bernie <laughs> Mac tell you all about that? <laughs> Wait, Ryan, we just had Heather Dinich on our show, and Heather said, what's sweet potato pie? She said pumpkin, cry, pumpkin Bro, pie with I... what, whipped cream. <laughs> yeah, Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Hey, man, raisins and sweet potato salad too, man. <laughs> Great stuff. Hey, happy early Thanksgiving, and we will see you soon. Enjoy the Steelers on the way to perfection, probably rolling on tomorrow night in the third of three. Right, thank you very much. Thanks, RC. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Have a good one, guys. Be good. Great stuff. On the way, the 2020 Cowboys would love to one day mirror key the 1990s Cowboys. Well, but for inspiration, <laughs> they're heading to the 80s. Wait till you hear this in the hot tub time machine. We'll have to that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. 
The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. From Dallas to D.C. and everywhere in between, from A to Z. From A to Z, but the letter I want to use is G, as in Gallagher. Gallagher the comedian. Before we do this story, let's run through it here. Key, ever heard of Gallagher the Comedian? This is a story about the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get to America's team in a second. Gallagher, ever heard of him? No, I have never heard of a Gallagher. Jay Will. Who's Gallagher? Pat. No idea. Alan. Couldn't tell you what a Gallagher is. (laughs) Evan. Only from the Geico commercial. (laughs) Fair enough. Gallagher is a comedian in the 1980s, and everybody's got a shtick, right? Every, every comedian's got a shtick. His shtick, Simply Fellas, was, and he sold out arenas and auditoriums doing this. Sold out arenas and auditoriums. He would simply bring anything onto a stage. Fruits, uh-huh. vegetables. He once brought a video game console out there. Okay. Anything you can think of. He would then take a sledgehammer and just absolutely beat the you-know-what out of it on a stage and this was beloved by tons of people who would fill arenas to watch him do it. See, I, I don't even... How is that funny, though? How, yeah. You're a comedian. How is that funny? I'm waiting for the punchline. Yeah, is like, there something what, else? What is it? No punchline. That's all it was. Sledgehammer, destroy objects. Yeah, he just started laughing and everybody's like, yeah! <laughs> right. Now, sometimes when it was a fruit what or a kind vegetable. What laugh was that? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> right. It may be the uh, people sitting in the audience. He may be uh, extrapolating the people sitting in the audience. So essentially, the Cowboys said, look, we're the 2020 Cowboys. We wish we were the 1990s Cowboys with Aikman and company where we won three Super Bowls. But let's harken back to the 80s when Gallagher was a big star. Last Saturday night, the Cowboys got Andy Dalton coming back on Sunday. They've dropped three in a row. They still haven't won a road game under Mike McCarthy. McCarthy rolls out in the team meeting on a Saturday night and brings out one of those big fruits and vegetables. Gallagher was most known for smashing watermelons because they're huge and they explode and it just gets wet. Everybody gets crazy. He rolls out a huge watermelon, (laughs) takes out his own sledgehammer, not a hammer, a sledgehammer, Uh uh Gallagher style, a la Gallagher, and starts beating every watermelon. It's going all over the room. Everybody's going crazy. The team is loving it. Essentially, the hook here was, I want you to hammer the ball out of Dalvin Cook tomorrow. I want you to hammer the ball out of Dalvin Cook. One of the watermelons has the words Dalvin Cook on it. Demarcus Lawrence says, Coach, give me the sledgehammer. And he destroys the Dalvin Cook Watermelon and the moral of the story, the Cowboys won. Yeah, how but how that? is that motivating me bursting open a watermelon? You, I don't, you got I a good coach motivational tactic type story to get you all fired up? I know. I guess nothing that's, is you good got as nothing? That? Nothing that good? Nothing. Oh, you mean me as a coach? Yeah, 
or just or, or a just coach you as a player it. or some a coach doing something to you? No, not really, because I wasn't really into that. You know, they could just tell me this is what we got to do, take care of business, and I kind of got it. I wasn't into the whole we got to chop wood, and this is I, that just didn't register with me. No axes, doesn't mean, machetes, or anything. Doesn't mean <laughs> that it didn't register with my teammates and some other people. I just that wasn't my style. But to think that a guy is bringing a watermelon with a sludgehammer. I guess. It worked. <laughs> Whatever. Kind of. <laughs> we should have tried oh, I got that at one. the damn beginning of the year. We come into the room. We're about, I forget who we're about to play, but Coach K had set up the room was dark. And it was a scene from Gladiator, right? So imagine like coming in like, you know, you're about to you do a couple warm-ups, but you haven't gone out for your official warm-ups. You didn't get a pregame talk. And it's the part where uh, Russell Crowe is riding around his horse. And he said, you know, for if you die for you or an Elysium or something like that. And the lights turn on. And there's a Wilson basketball that's kind of rolling in, in front of this little walkway where all of us players are sitting at. And Coach K comes out of nowhere and just dives on the floor. And he's wrestling with the ball. He's, <laughs> and he's like, fight with me! Because that's before Russell Crowe goes into battle, right? And everybody gets up and everybody's like, yeah! And then we're all sudden, we're on our way out the, the door. And Coach is still on the ground like my hip. My hip, because he had bad hips around that oh, time. Yeah. So, yeah, I just had a little bit of a hip problem. So, okay, motivational but slightly funny at the same time. Gotcha. Y'all won the game. We won the game. Much like but the Cowboys I don't know. and Gallagher. That was like, like you know. Cowboys and Gallagher. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I don't get it, I guess. You can only go to that well once. Yeah, I just I don't, don't yeah, but that's, that that's not. I don't really know if I find smashing watermelon is like motivational. I, I don't know. I, I have hey, no idea who Gallagher is. Can you uh, imagine coaches, Ezekiel Elliott? You know, like, coach what are like we doing? Parcells, I remember one time, I was, the, the course of practice, yeah. I didn't feel good, so I left practice for a couple days or whatever, and, and I had the flu. And so he would put stuff on the lockers. He, I had the tie law flu is what he would call it, saying I was trying to get out of the game because I didn't feel good. Were you? Come on, man. Go look up the numbers. I don't even want to have that conversation. You just, <laughs> just pull, up, pull up the film. The film don't lie if I got out the game. I'll Google it right now. You can Google it all day long. Also Google Gallagher while you're at it. Last thing, from smashing watermelons to a smashing success, Bam Adebayo was certainly that in the bubble. I think that's fair to say. That has yielded him a $195 million contract if he hits all of his escalators, meaning if all the incentives are hit, he can make five years, $195 million. Here's Stephen A. Smith last night. <laughs> On Sports Center, sounds good to Bam. <laughs> this is Stephen A. Smith last night. It sounds good to me, and it ain't my money. <laughs> on what this extension actually means here. If you're the Milwaukee Bucks, you're feeling confident that you're going to be able to keep the Greek freak, albeit there's no guarantee. If you're Pat Riley in the Miami Heat, you were saving that cap space to make sure you could go after him without trying to acquire him via a sign and trade or anything like that. Because they signed Bam Adebayo to this contract, it's going to be significantly more difficult to get your hands on a Greek freak. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Jay, that's something you were talking about earlier this yep. morning. This is a long-term play type move. If you're the Milwaukee Bucks, you don't necessarily feel confident that you're going to get Giannis and keep him there. Even if Giannis does sign a Supermax, he can still try to force his hand and get a trade. I mean, look what's happening in Houston with James Harden. Like, James Harden can still force a trade even though he signed a big contract there. So my thing is there's still teams in play. The Mavericks are still in play. Toronto is still in play. And trust me, Pat Riley and company, with the assets they have, can still move pieces at the end of the day to try to get Giannis. They may have to take everything out uh, and kind of, you know, disband the, the stable. But they can still get it done if they wanted to. December 21st, that's the date to keep an eye on. On the way, the NFL's phoniest playoff team. 
Who is it? That's it. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.